0: Thank you. I'm Odalis, I'm part of the pastoral team at Cornerstone, and I'm so grateful to have this time to share together. We are seven weeks into 2021. I have a question for you. How are your new year's resolutions going? (laughs) I don't know if you set any. For me, I barely was able to come to a a word of the year, sort of a word to direct my growth and focus for this year. And I ask not as like a checking attendance or anything like that, but because studies have shown that by February, the vast majority of New Year's resolutions have been abandoned, 80% of them have been, for one reason or another, abandoned by mid-February, by this time of the year. So if you are a part of the 20%, I applaud you. Congratulations. Keep to it. There's a lot of year left, but you've got a lot of year checked off, and keep it up. I'm a part of the 80% this year. Uh, It's been a little start and stop, but I haven't quit. I haven't quit for one reason or another. Sometimes I just forget. Other times there's other priorities going on and it's just a little, a little fumbly, but I'm sticking to it. And there's something special about our theme of breakthrough for me in this. Whether I'm at communion gatherings at Reardon or um, meeting just as part of the, uh, the staff, praying and pursuing the Lord for our direction as a church, or even just receiving a Sunday message, When this theme of breakthrough comes up, I find myself encouraged and reminded and strengthened to pick that goal back up and and keep moving, to ease off the brakes back onto the accelerator a little bit and try to make some progress forward. As start and stop as it's been, this, this theme of breakthrough is helpful for me. And I hope it is, I hope you've seen the same. As we spend this time together, I want to propose that breakthrough, whether it's in our personal goals, uh, maybe our relational goals, our relational health, or even the deep work of our souls, of the core of who we are, our internal well-being, breakthrough doesn't always look glamorous. It doesn't always look like this smash through the brick wall kind of a moment. Um, And in fact, if I could take it a step further, I think that maybe most of the time it doesn't. Instead, I think this concept of breakthrough sometimes just comes as usual. It's the title for the time we're sharing. As usual, faithfulness in the daily moments, consistency over time, and trusting the Lord to determine the timing and the scope of that breakthrough. Over time, these small moments are often what lead to the most significant moments in our lives. I would love to pray before we dive in. Father God, we thank you for your word, which is you revealed to us. We thank you for the hope for the life that we find in you. God, and we thank you that you never leave us where we're at. And in one way or another, you're inviting us into a life of breakthrough, of change in positive ways in strength and faith in you. And we just welcome you here in this time. Would you speak over us? Help us to hear your voice. Uh, and we, yeah, we choose you in this time. Jesus, we pray these things in your name. Amen. So today we're going to spend some time in Luke. Uh, Luke is uh, one of the four Gospels. There are these four accounts in the scriptures that tell us the life of Jesus, his life, his ministry work, his death, and his resurrection. And each of the four Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, take a different approach. Uh, Luke specifically takes a unique approach because he, unlike the other three, was not Jewish. Uh, Luke was also a doctor. He was well-educated and he specifically emphasizes the work of the Holy Spirit in and through Jesus. Right before this moment that we'll read, Jesus was out alone in the desert. He had been fasting, praying, he was tested and tempted. The scriptures describe how Satan tempted him to break through into success, to fulfill his destiny on terms other than the Lord's. And Jesus leaned on the power of the spirit. He refused Satan and he chose God's way. He prevailed. And from then we pick up right at verse 14 from Luke chapter four. You can follow along in your Bible, your digital handout, or even right here on the screen It says, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. He's on his way back out of the desert and everywhere he goes, the word is starting to spread about him. There's something different. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. What a beautiful promise. Verse 20, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Now, this is often known as uh, Jesus's first official ministry statement. He had been baptized. He had been tested. And now the Lord had determined that the time of favor, the time to change everything had come. Jesus was beginning his ministry. It's a big moment. It is a breakthrough in and of itself. But let's look back at verse 16, not skipping ahead to the big moment, but to the setup. Jesus, it says, went to the synagogue as usual. Other versions use the phrase, as was his custom. Um, And if you've, just a sort of a side note, if you've ever tried picking up the the Bible or or get into the word and you feel sort of confused or intimidated by the language, I'd encourage you to try a version like this one that we're reading, the NLT, or even the message, which takes sort of a creative approach to it to make it uh, engaging and accessible in different ways. It's been a long time since this was written. Um, But back to it. I love how normal this moment is. Right? Jesus was at the synagogue as usual. He had a routine. Jesus had habits. He had rhythms. He had all of the normal things that human beings have. It's just, when I think of the savior of the world coming onto the scene and announcing his big ministry, I think of, you know, like an epic music, uh, movie moment, big music and uh, a, a climactic moment. You know, the, the, the high point of a feel good movie, I, I, I would think of it to be really different, but instead it comes, uh, normal at a very normal day at church. He didn't just show up out of the blue to go to this church. Also, he was a regular, he was known, he was respected for him to stand and receive the scroll to read from it would be an honor. And it it wouldn't be just anybody who would do that. And so this is the first lesson we learn from Jesus's rhythms in the as usual life. Uh, We, we should make it as usual to be part of the church community A concerted effort, no matter the season, no matter the difficulty, maybe especially in those times of difficulty to show up and be strengthened and to strengthen others. You see Jesus's ministry, his breakthrough into it didn't come from one moment to the next. It didn't come from taking a shortcut or from inconsistency. It came after years of daily devotion, of discipline, of development, and all of it submitted to the father's timing. It's so important for us, maybe now more than ever when we're home all the time, when the days sort of blur together, when our expectations on change are set on these on these big 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 differences, big breakthroughs, maybe goals we've always had, good things, but we tend to look for the fruition of these big moments to determine the point of our success. The ministry of Jesus comes not as the result of these big changes, not on, on, on anything like a a relocation or a job change. He wasn't waiting on any of his circumstances to change, but it came as the result of consistency. It came from the as usual life. This shows us that our normal moments, our average routine, typical moments are the groundwork for what proceeds. And this This time that we're spending together, this Sunday service, or whether you watch it with family or with roommates or maybe by yourself, maybe you catch it midweek, but coming to church and being in the Lord's house, showing up just like he did to engage heart and mind. This is the groundwork for breakthrough, the groundwork for what comes from it. It matters that we're here. It matters. I still remember it's 11 months ago now. When Shelter in Place hit, we were having a very as usual Monday morning. When we found out that what we were so accustomed to, church gathering together, was not gonna be doable for so many reasons. We were gonna have to find something different. And as we talked and as we prayed and we thought, um, and we we did our best to fight, to find a way to keep this rhythm, even though it's different, this stable rhythm when we're breaking through into our houses for what we thought was two months and it's been, you know, a year and is continuing, finding a way to fight for this rhythm matters. It is so good. It is the stable ground for us as a community. And it matters that you're here. And I pray with all of my heart that the Lord speaks to you, that he draws you closer to help you to practice these rhythms. I know it's not easy. It matters that you're here. Jesus had a track record of normal, productive, as usual days. And when the change came in the Lord's timing and things certainly changed, Jesus was not just ready for it in, in how he had built his life, but he was listening and waiting and attentive for it. And this is the second thing we learn from his rhythms in the as usual life is that we should make it as usual to pray at its most fundamental level. All prayer is is talking to God and listening for him to return. Jesus modeled this for us. He taught it to us, the Lord's prayer is the greatest place to start. Talking and listening. As we don't always know when the Lord is going to open the door or keep, fulfill the promise that he's made, we don't know. We do know that he's faithful. We do know that his timing is trustworthy and we can ask him to meet ours. But in choosing his and practicing trust to choose his timing, we wait. And in the meantime, in the, as usual, we pursue him just like Jesus did. There's again, so much relevance for us here. As we're in this period of waiting, of praying, of asking God to change things. We're trusting the Lord to clear the way forward. We have no idea how long it's going to take, but in prayer, we acknowledge the unknown in front of us. We acknowledge the God, the faithful God who's behind and with and before us. And we put into practice what he teaches, what Jesus modeled for us, not just for now, not just for the other side of this pandemic by faith, but also for the scope of our lives and into eternity. Prayer is the essence of faithfulness in the small moments, which prepares us for the changes, those big moments. And so speaking of big moments, the verse that Jesus reads there in the scripture is not just sort of a a, a quick casual thing. It's not a small verse for him to be announcing the time of the Lord's favor. It's an incredible promise tied to this, this people group's history. Um, this portion that he reads is from the book of Isaiah. He's a prophet from the Old Testament, uh, and the writing would be very familiar to the people at that time. The prophets were uh, they were messengers from God. They were his spokespeople who uh, guided the people, who taught the people, who warned them, who challenged them. Um, they were the Jewish people throughout their history had been waiting for a Messiah, for the change, for this time of of favor. And by the time of Jesus, there had been a silence for 400 years. There there hadn't been a, a prophet since. There were no new promises, just the existing ones to look back on, right? So 400 years, talk about an as usual time. And the people had grown accustomed to waiting, though they had this anticipation and this hope, this heart's cry for the fulfillment of the promises in the Old Testament, Isaiah, actually almost more than any other Old Testament prophet has these detail, these chapters full of what to expect, what to look for from the Messiah. And if we can put ourselves there in their shoes, in in the shoes of this, of the people there at the synagogue who are listening to Jesus as he reads this promise and says, it's fulfilled their entire history, all they had known, their community was waiting. We're waiting. We can empathize, right? They're doing their best. They're contending for what's good. They're trying to grow in the meantime. They're bringing themselves before the Lord. They're in church and they're praying. They're asking for him to bring deliverance, to bring the Messiah, to fulfill his promise. And they're waiting on God's timing. And Jesus, who's someone who was known then, a model citizen, someone who's a model human for us now, he gets up to read and he reads this passage. Let's read it again. From verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The time of his favor has come and all eyes are on Jesus in that moment. There was something unique about how he said it. And as they watch him, as they listen, he declares this to be fulfilled there in their hearing. The time of the Lord's favor, the promise that we have all been waiting for is here now. It's not just a mere announcement. Good news to the poor, the hope that the the ones who most need it, who have the least access to it, it's here captives being freed, the blind given sight, the oppressed set free. These aren't just physical promises then or now. They are spiritual promises, freedom of the heart of our whole selves. The time of the Lord's favor, the entrance, the arrival of a new era with unprecedented access to God, the spirit of God within each of us. Do you need freedom? Do you need light and hope? to enter your world are there areas of your your heart or your mind or your life that feels so dark and weighty and confused it's paralyzing the damage this is the hope of jesus this is what's revealed in this promise he reads in that moment he came to fulfill it then and he fulfills it now it is astonishing It is life changing. And if your life is being changed in this season, if you've been meeting Jesus for the first time, we want to come alongside you. Please let us know. The announcement of the single greatest work of human history, the life and work of Jesus, came on the foundation of faithful, daily, as usual life. It is so beautiful to me. It's not... Uh, it's not a simple routine. It's not boring. It's not a casual status quo. It is the epitome of intentional living. Jesus did not have a problem-free life just because he modeled this. Well, he was a model human. He, 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 he defined what it means to be human as my professor in, in seminary teaches us. He d- Jesus showed us what it means to be truly human. But that didn't mean that he had a problem-free life. He had problems. He had issues and difficulty and pain. He was rejected frequently. In the moments after those verses that we read together, his hometown rejects him forcefully. His family thought he was crazy. The religious leaders fought him, disagreed with him, came after him. People flocked to him and then disappeared on him. His own friends abandoned him. At the very end, he was labeled a criminal, hung on a cross, separated from God, the father himself. He faced every pain that we could experience. And it's not like his divinity precluded him from the difficulty of it, from the suffering or from the desire to run away from it. Towards the end there, he went to the Mount of Olives as usual to pray. And he asked God if there was any way to take the cup, to relieve the burden from him, to give him another way to do this work. He prayed, but nevertheless, your will be done. Your will be done. And that suffering wasn't the end of the story. It wasn't the end. Jesus's commitment to the father's will didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen as a product of one moment or one moving experience. It was the culmination of a holistic faith, steadfast obedience, and his reliance on the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is this last piece that I want us to pull from the rhythms of Jesus's as usual life. It is that we need to make it as usual to obey the Lord's will. Now, I know it's not exciting to talk about obedience, it might actually sound kind of odd, but the life of Jesus can't be fully understood outside of his complete obedience to the father's will. It's not about blind rule following or empty religion. It's about trusting God enough to believe him, to believe what he says is true, to genuinely trust that his way is good and right. It requires humility. It is almost never easy, but there is nothing better than being exactly where God wants us to be. And that's what Jesus modeled. Even when everything in him said, God, if there's any other way, give me any other way, nevertheless, your will be done. Nevertheless, I will obey. As much as it costs me, as much as it is difficult, I will obey. How many of us in our moments of pain, in those seasons we just had to endure the overwhelming moments, our battles within our own hearts and, and around us, how many have just hoped and prayed for a different way forward? I have. I do just about every time. In the agony of grief, hoping for time to just rewind or to skip ahead, get it over with sooner in the burden of relational wounds, wishing words could be taken back or rephrased or said in the first place. Breakthrough is not always exciting. Breakthrough is not this immediate change. It can be. But so often, breakthrough is just getting through a season marked by an enormity of pain and sticking it out long enough that over time we start to realize it's not as bad as it used to be. The fog isn't as thick, the night isn't quite as dark. In the as usual life, our trust in God, in some deep and meaningful way, it surpasses our concern for self. It doesn't eliminate our concern for ourselves, but trust in God surpasses it. It's not the hardships becoming smaller, it's that our knowledge of who God is grows. We give the Lord our limited understandings. We give him our pain. We give him our suffering. We give him all of the things that we have been feeling in these last months, whether we've been home and have been home and have been home, or we've been out on the front line, concerned, doing our best and fighting for what's good in the middle of it. We give him our limited selves and we trust his perfect will. We choose sometimes the rougher road, the harder way of building good, unglamorous rhythms. In my case, this year, I chose a word like discipline to market, to get into the deep areas of my heart and do the hard work that I have not wanted to do. But to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. I don't want to just have my own way because I trust you, God. I trust him. And I believe he is who he says he is. So I will fight through the pain of it to choose his way. When we follow the slow and steady as usual rhythms of Jesus and build them in our lives, we find the same spirit Jesus had, the same spirit he relied on to make that choice with us. To lean into the Lord wholeheartedly or increasingly heartedly. I just made up a word. (laughs) To choose His way more than our own. And sometimes we do get to rejoice when the two meet. It doesn't always happen in a day. It can. I've seen it happen in a day. And praise God for those times that can fuel us for sometimes the longer times. But it will come one moment at a time. One as usual day after another. And as the Lord works his change in us, new things, this breakthrough, as it flows out of these ordinary things, let's choose his way, his change, follow Jesus's model for us in the as usual life. In a moment, the band is going to share a song with us that sings of his work, the renewing work that he does with what we have but first we'll have our time of giving our expression of faithfulness and gratitude to the Lord. You can give online. You can give on the app. You can mail in a check to the offices. If you come to communion, you could even give there, but we practice this expression of gratitude of deep gratitude and trust in the Lord together. And I would just love to pray. Father, we thank you that you don't ever leave us where we're at for those who look to you, For those who turn to you, God, you work your change and your breakthrough in our lives. And so we choose to pursue you wholeheartedly. Would you help us? Jesus, would your hope change us? And Holy Spirit, would your power fill us as we lean on you? Help us to take this life each day in its time. Lord, as we do this, would your breakthrough come? We pray these things in your beautiful and precious name. Amen. Amen.
1: I'm breaking new ground, and so I yield to you and to your careful hand, when I trust you I making new wine in the soil
2: the God who does new things and gives new blessings, fresh blessings. I think what we learned today, though, was that the Lord often does the extraordinary out of the context of the ordinary, and that the two are more intertwined than we think, that, that our commitment to rhythms in life with the Lord are what create the groundwork for God to do those extraordinary things, those those moments, those divine appointments, those moments where we go, wow, God surely was in this place. And it's important to remember that the healthy Christian life, the healthy life with God needs both of these things. It's not one or the other. Uh, That's probably true in any relationship as well that is going to last and prevail. We need to have the safety, security, and the foundation The the rhythms matter, the as usual patterns matter. That's where life is built, day in and day out, keeping commitments, little commitments, consistent commitments. At the same time, it's sort of like our devotional life with God, right? Our time with Him, our reflection moments that we built into life, meditation on His principles, reading of the scriptures, communicating His words with others, the basics, right? Gathering in community, reinforcing our love for Him by sharing. And yet, those things alone, though hugely important, in the end, there's going to also need to be room for God to just do something special from time to time that just gets our attention. And those wow moments that we need in Christ, we need them both. We need them both. We really do. We need both of these two things. Now, some of us, we may do a better job at, you know, the the consistency part, and we're less, we're less maybe open to the wonder. And others of us, we're always looking for the wonder, but maybe we're neglecting the consistency. We need both. They're intertwined, not one to the exclusion of the other. I think that's part of what Jesus showed us and taught us. And you know what? He's so good and He's so God, and He wants us to so good and so God. So may he keep you spirit, soul, and body in every way, because you are greatly loved. Be blessed this day in Jesus name.